right. Thank you for tuning in to the Dudes Talking Football podcast. I am Johnny Cox, your host, joined as always by my producer and co-analyst, Tim Brown. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Johnny? Pretty good. Will's not here today. No Will. So, uh, you know, he's he's on um, IR, I guess. We're going to bring him back. Yeah, we're, we're going to bring him no, back. No, he's not on IR. He's just, he's just out. He's just out. He's he didn't out. travel with the team for this okay. one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, we'll pick him up on the flip side. I'm sure he would have some great opinions about that Thursday night football game that just happened. Um, thought it was a great game between the Vikings and the Cowboys. Um, you know, kind of a defensive slash lack of offensive struggle uh, early on. Yeah. Um, but, oh, that's right. The Bradford throw. I hated you, that throw. You hate it so much. Oh, I, I, you're a little more lenient on, on Sam for that throw. Um, I just don't see how your best effort to win a game where you have to try to get the ball into the end zone is overthrowing it where Jimmy Graham couldn't catch it if he was standing wide open with no defenders um, that high in the air. But whatever, I guess. Um the Cowboys definitely got away with an egregious penalty on that play, but yeah, for that, sure. their penalty had nothing to do with how bad that throw was. Um, but that was just the last play of the game. There was a lot of in between. What did you see? Um, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, Dallas beat a team that uh, can't score, so we knew that eventually Dallas would break through. Um, just kept pounding and doing what they do. And, um, yeah, they pulled it out barely. I mean, but that's all they needed. It helped the Eagles a lot with uh, playoff implications in that wild card. And then also because we own their first-round draft pick, uh, that pick got better, you know, yeah. because they didn't win that game. Are you, re- are you ready to have me hit you with some, some real in-depth analysis you can't get anywhere else? Sure. Cowboys have a really good, good offensive line. Um, I have to admit, when I went back and watched the highlights of this game, uh, you know me, I'm a lineman myself. Um, I nerd out on some line play every once in a while. I saw Cowboys offensive linemen just embarrassing people that were trying to rush on him. Um, I remember one sack that Dak took, completely Dak's fault. I mean, the line, I remember just seeing there like, dang, they're still blocking him. They're still blocking him. They're still blocking him. And then boom, he was sacked. Like, you know... So, anyways, uh, they, you know, I, I like to see linemen getting props, and it's really easy to give that offensive line props. Um, it was a close game. I mean, you can't ask for much more than having a game close at the end as far as being a viewer. Right. I know it had the most views of all the Thursday night games, 22.2 million views. Yeah, it's better than a lot of the turds I, that I have been out there the, on uh, Thursday. I wonder if the people in the, like, the skybox and stuff can – could view those uh, custom cleats that the players were wearing. Yeah, there were some custom cleats out there. I know Dak had some, uh, definitely some players on the Vikings. I saw you looking at them, and then you sent me down a rabbit hole where I started looking at a bunch of them. Um, players all over the NFL. I really liked the Von Miller, Von's Vision cleats. That we're going to see, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be interested to see if I could even find a pair of those to buy. I would be interested in playing in those. Yeah, it should be interesting what the prices go for or if they're going to make replicas of them. I mean, I know I would buy a few of them. 
I like the Brock Osweiler ones, you even like though I'm not a huge Osweiler um, fan. I like the Blake Bortles. I like the Malcolm Jenkins. The Richard Sherman ones were good. You didn't see those. Chris Harris, uh, Chris the Harris. underdogs. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Check out LaShawn McCoy's. Um, yeah, just, uh, if you guys are interested in seeing some of these, just Google custom cleats week 13 and they got a whole list for the Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. But I'm really interested of knowing if you played in the league, what would your custom cleat be? All right. Well, I've got a pretty good answer for this one. I've thought about it a little bit. Um, I think I'd go mountains in the back towards the heel, uh, maybe like, the mountains like at night or something or maybe like in a sunset and then uh towards the front of the shoe it would fade into a sunrise at the beach uh because the mountains and the beach kind of represent two of the different places that i grew up um you know living in different areas after i had to move but those those two things kind of made me part of who I am. So that's probably what I'd go with. Have you got anything that you'd uh, throw out there? Yeah, I, I would try to partner up, not necessarily for a cause. I mean, I think I would donate them, but I'd try to partner up with Toys R Us and do like a teddy bear because when I'm on the field, I would just toy with people. Mm. Um, <laughs> I see what you so, did there. Um, that would be mine. Most people would be like, oh, that's stupid. But it ain't stupid when you got that teddy bear in your face. Mm, yeah, some Kanye stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> you. All right. Well, uh, you know, last thought on NFL Cleat Week. I, it's cool that they're doing this. Uh, it's definitely going to create a lot of, I hope, awesome custom cleats that I could buy or whatever. And I'm sure that's part of the goal. Uh, I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. But just in general, I wish that the almost that the, the NFL Cleat Week wasn't a thing just because I wish that their players were always allowed to kind of express themselves a little bit more with that um you know uniforms are uniforms like you could have bright neon pink orange and green shoes on and yeah viewers will notice them but they're not going to confuse you with the other team i mean right the the object of uniforms is to tell ultimately to tell teams apart when you're playing the game so shoes have nothing to do with it as long as there's not like obscenities on them or whatever i don't see why uh Players have to wait until a special week to, you know, wear some cool cleats and not get fined. But that's just my two cents. Yeah. But um, there's going to be a lot more players wearing those cleats in the games that are, we're going into this weekend. Um, a lot of matchups that we're going to want to talk about. I mean, we talk about all of them, really. But certainly a, a juicy few uh, in particular that we want to get into. Um, I think that the Minnesota-Dallas game set a good tone, so hopefully the rest of the weekend games can be good. Um, I know that first we, uh, we're we just going off the list that we usually use ESPN to give us uh, the list that we use to pull up these games. Your team versus the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, there will be more on this game in the interview that we have with Fran Duffy of the PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. I think the Eagles win this game. I hope they win this game. They you're in trouble if you can't. Game. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. I mean, you're already in trouble a little bit anyway, right. but you're really in trouble if you can't take right. care of that they one. They should take care of this one. Cincinnati um, just murdered with in some injuries right now, yeah. I feel like. I mean, we don't have to go see A.J. Green and stuff like that. Interesting that Cincinnati's favored by a point and a half. Um, so I'm going to have to take a long look at uh, maybe taking a little trip down to Nevada. Yeah. Because that does not seem right to me at all. No, uh, so we'll 
kind of we talk a lot with Fran about this game and the draft and free agency and Nelson Aguilar and you know other Eagle stuff. Um, save it. Uh, save save that one for the end. We'll yeah we'll, yeah. So we'll just save that for the end. Kansas City, Atlanta. Kansas City, Atlanta. Um, well, it's in Atlanta, so I'm taking Atlanta. Uh, Kansas City obviously has my respect. They, you know, they just beat my squad in a very hard-fought game. Kansas City is uh, solid. They just they don't they don't jump off the screen at you, but they get it done. Um, but ultimately, Atlanta at home, hopefully getting a lot of noise to. You know, Alex Smith's not a very spectacular... Were they the ones that got in trouble with the fake noise? They did. Okay. Yeah, maybe they're pumping that fake noise in some more. I think it's Art Shell is their owner or something yeah. like that. Um, Definitely Shell Dula. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not that. Um, I'm trying to think. Is that his name? You should look that up for me. But anyways, um, you know, the Falcons did pipe in the, the uh, noise at that stadium before. Um just Julio Jones, that offense, they're good this year. They've beat stellar teams now. Kansas City on the road. I just don't see them getting it done. Right. Lions, Saints. So this one is, uh, you know, for the majority of the time that the NFL has been around, Lions, Saints would be just a hold your hands over your eyes type of matchup that no one wants to see. Um. I'm actually really excited for this game. You know, the Saints are interesting this year. Lions are doing something they almost never do, which is make some noise. Right. Um, Colin Coward, I heard, uh, saying that Stafford might be a better quarterback than Rodgers. Going to be interesting to see how Stafford plays after a week where he got, you know, some maybe some smoke blown up his butt. Who knows? Uh, I don't think that Stafford's a better quarterback than Rodgers, but I also think that, Stafford hasn't been put in the greatest situations to succeed well, either. Yeah, if you go back and listen to the Cowherd points that he made, I thought he made some brilliant points about the comparison. It was Arthur Blank, not Art Shell. Yeah. I, sorry, just owner of the Falcons. Had to correct that. Anyways, go on. No, I just thought he made some really good points. Mm-hmm. Um, we could make those points now, or you know, you could just go listen to Colin Cowherd talk about Stafford versus Rodgers. Um, we're going to move on. L.A. Rams, New England Patriots. Okay, so you got Goff, rookie quarterback, going against the chess master, Belichick. Um, Belichick doesn't have a nasty defense like Seattle or Denver or, you know, something like that. But what he does have is insane tactical football knowledge, and it's a nightmare for uh, a rookie quarterback, you know, especially one as inexperienced as Goff. Good luck to Goff. Um, you know, Belichick's probably going to eat you alive. Sorry to say it. Yeah, for sure. Denver, Jacksonville, no Trevor Simeon. Yeah, so um, I think that Paxton Lynch can win us this game. I think we should be able to take care of business. Um, ironically, I mean, Simeon's kind of the same way, but he, he's a little more polished than Lynch is, certainly. Uh, we kind of got to use the... The Kansas City blueprint. We've got a quarterback that we're not going to ask to do much and a nasty defense, and we should go get this game. Interesting. Houston at Green Bay. So Houston at Green Bay. Um, well, 
these two teams are right around the same tier, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think they're kind of even. Uh, Green Bay, a little different at home. I would actually take Green Bay in the matchup. What about you? Yeah, I think that I just don't trust Houston at all. I mean, Osweiler wears cool cleats at this game, sure, but unless those cleats have magic abilities to turn him into a very competent quarterback uh, on the road in one of the hardest places to play in the league, um, you know. You just don't see it. Yeah, I just don't see it. Miami, Baltimore. Well, um, I keep joking with my Miami uh, fan, buddy, listener, extraordinaire, Caesar. Uh, I keep telling him that the Dolphins need to go ahead and kindly remove themselves from my team's playoff spot. Um, you've got the Broncos playoff spot. Please remember that you're the Dolphins and please vacate that spot. Um, no, I, you know, I'd love to see the Dolphins actually do well, to be honest. Uh, I just don't trust Tannehill at all. Uh, me either. You know, so um, I'm glad that Miami fans have some excitement. I hope that I actually don't hope that Miami proves me wrong. I would I think that Denver is going to get their spot that they would have right now. You know, if the playoffs started today. Right. I'm actually really intrigued about this game. Uh, most people will not be San Fran and Chicago. Yep. The toilet bowl. Um, Barkley. Kaepernick, prime time. It's not prime time, but can yeah. you imagine, like, if the gods were funny and right, um, you know, somehow we were getting this as a prime time game? That would be a disaster. Uh, I think we got opposite sides of this. You're liking San Fran. I'm I like San Mike, Fran, and like I think Chicago. I like Chicago in it. Um, San Fran favored by the point and a half. Um, I could see San Fran running a lot of zone read with Hyde and Kaepernick, and you know, get that going. Maybe this is a chance for them to slip back into their comfort zone because that's what I, I feel like that was, uh, you know, back when Kaepernick was actually good and they were doing well. Um, I think that zone read was a healthy dose of that. You know, it's I think that's part of how you maximize what Kaepernick brings to the table. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to say that you're crazy for thinking that. Buffalo, Oakland. Buffalo, Oakland. I need Buffalo to win this. Can I... Rex Ryan, I'll send you some cheese and, uh, you know. Fondue. Yeah, and sausage and uh, wings. <laughs> and I, you know, I know that Rex Ryan, I know a lot of things, and there's some things I don't know, but I know that Rex Ryan would like my taste in food. Mm-hmm. So maybe Rex Ryan, go ahead, win this game, and I'll send you like a gift basket with like things that are high in sodium and cholesterol, and, uh, you know, just consider it like a, like a lineman you know, gift to you. Right. Just two fat guys. Just who, uh, who you got winning? Well, it's Oakland. Yeah. You know, I just don't think that Rex can put a game plan together that's going to defeat them in the black hole. I don't see Tyrod doing the things he needs to do to win a game like this. Hmm. And it sucks because, <laughs> you know, you Oakland, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy with how great Oakland is doing this year. But, yeah, for you sure. Know, good for their fans. Giants, Steelers. Okay, so, I mean... The Steelers have underperformed uh, this year a little bit, but nonetheless still have just scary good pieces on offense. The Giants are the weirdest team in the league. Uh, you know, they can go nine and seven and win championships, or they can, uh, you know, be completely god awful, cover your eyes type football to watch. Eli Manning, you never know who's going to show up 
to a game, whether it's going to be good Eli or bad Eli. Uh, so I guess I just trust Pittsburgh a little more in this one. Interesting. Pitt favored by six and a half. That's a big line to me. Washington at Arizona. Yeah, just I don't have much to say about this one. I just think Washington will win. No Jordan Reed? I mean, yeah, uh, they've still got uh, Vernon Davis, so he's no slouch. Um, yeah, I, I think Washington wins it. I just, Arizona, something's not right with yeah. them. I think it's the quarterback, actually, but Arizona favored by two and a half. Vegas, people, alert, alert. Tampa Bay, Chicago. Excuse me, Tampa Bay, San Diego. I don't know why I said Chicago. Yeah, uh, the, this is the feisty bowl. Two feisty fei- bowl. Two feisty teams. Um, San Diego's had a year that they're going to be quick to put in the rear view. They had so much more potential as a team. Um but then they had the Allen injury. They had the Woodhead injury. They've had games that they choked away at the end. Uh, this could be a completely different situation for them if you know some things had changed. Uh, but they didn't. They went the way they went. Um, Tampa Bay is like perpetually frustrating. <laughs> um, that's a fan base that I feel like it would be frustrating to be a part of. But I guess... You know, they're looking for improvement out of Jameis. Um, this is a good test for him. Yeah, good test. What about that Sunday night game, Carolina-Seattle? See, I know that Carolina's record doesn't jump off the page this year, but I still think they're a great team. Um, this is going to be a physical game. This is the kind of game that if you've played the sport and loved playing it, You'll love watching this type of uh, matchup, I feel like. Um, Seattle wins it, though. They should, I think. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that was last week from them. but. And then the Monday night, everyone's going to be watching. Indianapolis, New York Jets. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm going to take Indianapolis. You know I don't really like doing that. I don't like the sound of that too much. Um but it is in New York. Um, the Jets had that. They played the Patriots close. I think it can go one of two ways for a team when you do something like that. Um, you know, you almost beat a team that you were obviously outclassed by. It can give you a chip on your shoulder, like kind of like a combination of like confidence and like rage, mm-hmm. you know, that you let it get away. And then the next team is just in for it. Or it can completely deflate you. And send you into a bad place. I think the coaching staff is going to have a lot to do with setting that tone. Um, But ultimately, it comes down to the guys that put on the pads, you know, and their mentalities. It should be interesting to see, but I I guess I just have Indianapolis. Indianapolis, I never feel great about picking, though. Right. Yeah, I'm going to, I've been on that that indie bandwagon, you know, um, but I, I think the Jets will get this one. You think so, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to find out. Um, We got an interview that we've kind of been foreshadowing a little bit now coming up. Um, Eagle extraordinaire, Fran Duffy. Uh, He works for the team, big presence on the website, does a podcast, calls games, been employed with him for a grip now. Yeah, almost 12 years. Very insightful guy, knows this team inside and out. 
obviously you're a huge Eagles fan, so I think it was perfect that you ended up doing this interview solo. Uh, if you're an Eagles fan and if you just like football deep dives, getting all the information you can, you're in for a treat with this one. So let's get to it now. All right. All right. Joining us today with Dudes Talking Football is Fran Duffy. He is the host of Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Check that out on iTunes. Also follow him on Twitter at FDuffy3. Fran Duffy, how are you? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Hey, man. I'm doing good after that. Uh, it's weird to say that the uh, Cowboys helped us out oddly last night. Um so, so here we are sitting at five and six, a winnable game on Sunday, I would say, a uh, game back of others in that wild card spot. Does Philly still have a shot, in your opinion, at that wild card, Fran? Absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is that when you get back from this game against Cincinnati, three of your last four games are at home where the Eagles have been so good this season. In division, three of the division games uh, are well within your reach. Obviously, Dallas gets another win on Thursday night football. You know who knows what they're playing for in Week 17, but you've got to beat Washington and you've got to beat the Giants. I mean, as a, if you want to get into the playoffs, really, it's not even about going undefeated the rest of the way. You can still afford to lose maybe, maybe one more game, but you've got to win these NFC games, and especially against two teams that you're vying for wild card contention with in the Redskins and the Giants. Yeah, for sure. Fran, I know you break things down on your podcast from an X's and O's standpoint. So what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz so far? I mean, it's all positive. It's really, really exciting just to get a chance to watch a young star quarterback in the making, really just kind of going through the progress of developing as an NFL quarterback because, you know, this is a guy who faced very little adversity in terms of wins and losses. Uh, during his college career, only lost a handful of games during his time with the Bison. So uh, he's lost more games this year than he ever has ever in his life. So interesting trying to see, see him battle through that. Obviously, look, the NFL is a much different beast, and there are going to be games where you throw a couple picks or you know, where you get sacked, where you take hits. And it's really fun to kind of watch him bounce back from adversity. You see him stand tall in the pocket, deliver the ball with bodies around him. You see him come back from bad plays and make some great throws down the field. Uh, it's just been really interesting, and it's going to be exciting in the next couple of years just to watch him grow, watch him develop, watch him learn from his mistakes uh, week in, week out, and year in, year out as he turns into one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that the Eagles will not be having the stress about that quarterback position, hopefully for the next 10-plus years, because it looks like they found one, and a pretty good one at that. What are the... Biggest needs in the draft? Well, you, you mentioned it. The, the fact that you've got your quarterback and you don't have to worry about that certainly uh, takes a monkey off your back. I mean, if you're Howie Rosen and Doug Peterson and the rest of the Eagles decision makers, because now you really just trying to build around that. So really the, the, the question that I pose is, what position would you not take? Because really, the, for me, and I've always been a, a big believer in taking the first talent. You don't want to go too far down your board you want it to, to try and pigeonhole uh, an apparent need on your team because, as we know, needs for an NFL team change from week to week and season to season. Uh, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings didn't consider themselves a quarterback needy team. Teddy Bridgewater goes down, all of a sudden they have a huge need at quarterback, and you're giving up a first round pick plus for Sam Bradford. You know, they weren't seen as a need for the offensive tackle spot. They had 
a former first-round pick and another young guy over on the right side of a high-priced free agent. Those three guys go down. Now they have a huge needed offensive tackle. So really, to me, the biggest thing that the Eagles need to do is just continue to add the best talent they can at every position uh, available, You know, whether it's a tight end spot, whether it's a receiver spot, whether it's corner, a linebacker, pass rusher. It, it Really, it does not matter. Anywhere across the board where you're able to add the best possible players, that's the best way to kind of approach this thing, especially now that you have your quarterback. You want to try and surround him with the best talent possible. Now, are there certain needs in certain areas of the roster that need a little bit more youth or need a little bit more talent? Absolutely. You know, they need a little bit more speed on the offensive side of the football. You want to see some more depth on the defensive side. But uh, certainly not you know, going to stick your nose up to any position right now in this draft or going forward into free agency. Fran, what's wrong with Nelson Aguilar? Can he ever become productive? Yeah, I mean, we've seen lots of receivers kind of go through this. And one, one really good example, honestly, is the guy that we saw score two touchdowns the other night here in Philadelphia was uh, Devontae Adams of Green Bay Packers, where a young receiver comes through the league. Uh, you know, when he was at Fresno State, now he wasn't a first-round pick. He was a high second-round pick. But Devontae Adams was known as a guy that really was strong at the catch point and didn't have a ton of drops during his time uh, with Fresno State. But then he comes into the league and he had a number of drops early on in his career. People were kind of writing him off as a bust and he wasn't going to fit with Aaron Rodgers and this, that, and the other. Now here we are three years later and he's turned into a really reliable target. We saw how good of a route runner he was and getting off the line and press coverage. And that those things have not been problems for Nelson Aguilar. They, on, the, on the big drop that he had, uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, he ran a great route against one of the best cover corners in the league in Richard Sherman, got great separation in the intermediate area of the field, was breaking wide open, and then just could not finish at the catch point. So, you know, it, it certainly is not all lost on Nelson Aguilar. Hopefully we'll see how he reacts after you know, not seeing the field this past Monday night against Green Bay and how he turns not just the, the, down the stretch here in 2016, but moving forward into 2017 because he certainly will be on this team this time next year. Yeah, for those that didn't see that route against Sherman, go back and watch that. He totally burned him and had field, uh, beyond field in front of him. Um, my guess it would have took him in into the goal line if he would have caught that. Fran, is it important, in your opinion, that Jim Schwartz stays with the Eagles in the offseason? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see what, uh, what he has done. It is a complete 180 for this defense from a year ago where uh, the Eagles in 2015 could not stop anybody in the latter half of the season. Now I've turned into one of the most fearsome defenses in the NFL. Now, I'm saying this coming off a game against Green Bay where they gave up a lot in the passing game, you know, especially the quick passing game. But, you know, so it's not all, it's not all great. It's not all roses and rainbows. But uh, this is certainly a team that is on the rise. From looking back to 2015 to 2016, this defense is aggressive. You've got a great defensive line in terms of Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox making plays, being so disruptive up front. A young star linebacker in Jordan Hicks. You've got one of the best safety tandems in the NFL. I love what I've seen from Jalen Mills as a seventh-round rookie this year. You just hope that, again, inject some more depth this offseason, get a little bit faster, get some of these young guys a little bit more custom. Now you're coming back next year in year two of the same system, which will be big for this unit. Fran, one free agent that you could realistically see the Eagles going after in the offseason is who? Uh, that's, that's a tough question to 
is Sarah Panther. You know, because obviously, look, the, the biggest thing for me is you go into this offseason, you have Nolan Carroll, who's going to be uh, who's going to be a free agent. You've got Benny Logan, who's going to be a free agent. And to me, the biggest thing that the Eagles can do is make sure that you try and take care of your own, like they did last year. I thought Howie Rose did an excellent job of locking up some of those young players so that you don't get to this point. You know, you don't get to the point where you've got to re-sign two or three players that are about to hit the market that are starters for your football team. And to me, that's one of the big things that the Eagles can continue to do is kind of try and take care of your own and really just try and focus in on the draft. They have free agency, you can always try and have a couple of key names here and there, uh, whether they're free agents or whether they're cut by their respective team now. Uh, there's always going to be those names that you can kind of supplement your roster with. But really the big thing for me has always been to build through the draft. That's where the, the best teams in the NFL, year in and year out, always build through the draft. Yeah, um, I like your answer there. Um, so where do you realistically see the, the Eagles' first-round draft pick? Is it top 20 next year? Yeah, I mean, looking at the way that Minnesota is going at this point, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but uh, certainly have struggled down the stretch. They've struggled to protect Sam Bradford. They don't have a ton of uh, weaponry on the offensive side of the football around him, especially with Adrian Peterson down. Uh, that, that is certainly going to keep them from – uh, likely winning the division and then maybe missing the wild cards. You're talking about a top 26. Now the question is, is how bad is it? Is it going to be in the 12-13 range of where the Eagles started the draft season last year, or will it be in the upper teens? But I think that's really where you're looking at with this team is probably in the, the pick 12-13 to 17-18 range. Fran, I appreciate it. I really appreciate your time. Once again, Fran Duffy, Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast host. Check him out on Twitter, at FDuffy3. Fran, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, hopefully those birds win against those Bengals, huh? Yeah, let's hope so. Go birds. All right, take care, Fran. Thanks, man. You too. All right. Well, wow. Uh, great interview there. I mean, he's he seemed like such a fun guy to interview. Yeah, uh, very, very opinionated, takes it in all sorts of different places. Um, it's awesome when someone really knows their stuff the way he does. Uh, thanks yeah, to, for ever, him to coming on. You got you got to check out the uh, Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast because it's not like a regular podcast. So let me just, you know, list my opinions and, you know, this and this. He takes the game and he breaks it down. Who's going to win? By X's and O's. It's mm-hmm. like a game film breakdown podcast. All right. So we still got the contest going on. Um, we got some winners that we've already picked out. We haven't contacted yet because uh, we're going to wait until the whole um, time period that we said is going to go by before we get with everyone. Thanks for the people that uh, don't know they've won yet, but will know soon for helping us spread the word and just interacting with us on social media. We love hearing from you guys on Twitter, um, email, reviews that you leave on the places where you can get our podcasts like iTunes, um, you know, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Help me out here. I feel like I'm missing stuff. Yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Dude's talking football at gmail.com. Send us questions. Yeah. Twitter, Um, DTF podcast. You know, it's really just Google Dudes Talking Football, and wherever you prefer to listen, you can listen to Dudes Talking Football. We're putting the content out there for the people because we got to. Uh, That's what it's all about. Yeah, for you, you guys. Know, you yeah, know. It, this is this is football talk, man. This is uh, this is the gospel right here. This is gospel. <laughs> all Get right, your Sundays in. 
All right. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Appreciate you. Yeah. For Until sure. next time. We'll see ya. Peace.